It's Rule 5 Protection Day, and some new faces will be in big league camp come February. We'll tell you why the Reds added who they added and why they finally moved on from a player we weren't sure that they could move on from. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Aleo Lopez. Okay, not really. You're locked on Reds, but Aleo Lopez, he's still a Red, and we're going to get into that. You are locked on Reds. Thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. As you can tell, I'm all pumped up. We've taken our passion, and we've turned it into information for you. That information starts with Aleo Lopez is still here. Jeff and I are going to talk about that coming up on today's podcast. We are going to get in to who the Reds added to the 40-man roster and who they had to cut in order to make room for those additions. There were some no-brainers. There were a couple surprises. And there were... Uh, some shockers, at least in the form of we didn't believe the Reds would have the guts to cut a couple of the guys that they cut, but they did. Jeff, let's talk about this because first of all, we're going to get into the guys that were added to this roster. And some of them were no brainers uh, that we knew these moves are coming, uh, but it's good to see it happening because I look at it as just, you know, a charting of the course uh, for especially a couple of these guys where the stars have just continued to align and it's leading them towards a 2023 breakout. And we're going to start with the one, the only none other than the number one prospect in the Cincinnati Reds organization, Ellie De La Cruz added to the 40 man roster. And the number one prospect in the uh, Southern League, if I if I saw that correctly, or at least in the in, in the Midwest League, he had absolutely set the world on fire. We have talked about the talent and everything that he brought to the table last year throughout the minor leagues. Every level that he touched, he absolutely owned in 120 games total throughout all of the levels that he played during the last season in the minor leagues. He hit 304. He got on base with a 359 clip and he slugged 586. Say that one more time. That is amazing. He slugged 586. He had 28 home runs and 86 RBIs. We have said this before, but this is worth repeating. Him being added to the 40 man roster only makes it easier to call him up this year. Absolutely. And those numbers you talked about, listen, he did not only did he perform well, but it's spectacular faction. He made guys look silly. Sometimes he would stretch, you know, doubles into triples by making people look silly. There was a couple times he hit triples and then came in to score by taking advantage of, of lackluster throws in from the outfield. Uh, this guy clearly has a sense for the game. He's completely aware of what's going on on the field. He has a ton of power. We saw him hit some monster shots throughout the course of the 2022 season. Uh, I recall the one that he hit over the concession stand somewhere and there was another home <laughs> run that he hit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And another one that he hit where I took that flight path and, and superimposed it over a great American ballpark and the ball would have one hopped into the river. If he had hit that ball at great American ballpark, the kid has power. 
it have one hopped into the river or maybe it would have one hopped onto the ferry would have went over to Newport, maybe seen the aquarium, maybe gotten a chance to check out the, no, no, I, I it, absolutely phenomenal stuff. And, and I fully expect we'll see him at some point this year as we watch him in big league camp. And as we watch him in uh, spring training games and things like that, we might get some clarity as to how quickly that's going to happen. But I, I believe he probably starts off in AAA for a little bit, you know, so every level that he moved into since he's been in the Reds organization, he's had about a week to 10 days of an adjustment period where it looks like, all right, they finally found a, a spot that's going to get to him. And then he just absolutely starts annihilating the place. I just wonder if he goes into spring training, you know, it kind of has that first two weeks, you know, with the other major league hitters of knocking the rust off and then starts tattooing the ball. If he, if the second half of spring training, he starts tattooing the ball, like he's done everywhere else, they may be hard pressed to send him to Louisville. And yeah. I've been with you on this, that I, I thought they would start him at Louisville and maybe bring him up around Memorial day. But the more I think about it and the more I think about his track record of moving into new levels, it's quite possible. He just puts on a show uh, the last two weeks of March and forces the Reds hands uh, this this listen I think the sky is the limit for Ellie yeah. De La Cruz and he is definitely the most important player for the Reds future and so him being added to the 40-man roster only underscores the good news about this day I think a lot of times when you talk about protecting guys from the rule five draft and things like that people get on a little bit of a snooze fest They're like okay yeah whatever protecting them from the whatever that I don't even care about these guys are going to make an impact this year some of them to a lesser extent, but a lot of them, I think four out of the six are looking at big time impact players for 2023. So we're not talking about guys who the Reds are going to protect and then they're going to stay in the minor leagues for a long time. I think a lot of these guys are going to make a huge impact starting with LA De La Cruz. But as we move to our next guy, he's probably a guy that I figure at least in the big league portion of 2023 is probably going to make the smallest impact. Cause I don't expect if he's up this year that it won't be till later on in the season. And that's Noel V Marte. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Uh, I think uh, best case scenario for Noel V in 2023 is a cup of coffee in September. I don't yeah. think he's going to be quite ready for prime time. But listen, he he performed well, Jeff, in 115 games at multiple levels in two systems in 2022. He had a slash line of 279, 371, 458. Now, it's not quite Ellie De La Cruz's 586, but 458 is nothing to sneeze at. That was right. 19 home runs, and he also had 23 doubles. So he has a lot of gap power. He has the ability to drive the ball. And I'm excited because the Reds have already made the decision that he's going to be a third baseman. Uh, in the Arizona yes. Fall League, they moved him off of shortstop. They had him playing at third base. And I think that's going to be his position moving forward. So what we will probably see in 2023 is at some point in time, maybe earlier, maybe more towards June, Ellie De La Cruz comes up and takes over that shortstop position at the major league level. And then by 2024, before we see Noel V. Marte come up and take third base right next to him. And that is going to be one exciting infield to watch. I just thought I'd play that again. I mean, that's Noel V. Marte. That's Noel V. Marte out in Arizona, blistering, tattooing, absolutely destroying a baseball. I, I know people are going to say, well, I saw a slash line. Wasn't that good in Arizona? 
I don't not, I don't look at the slash line for such a small sample size out in Arizona. He had good plate discipline numbers, and he tattooed some baseballs just like in that clip. Very excited about the future for Noel V. Marte. And like you, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited about the fact that the Reds have found their plan for him because, you know, I, I think that they have uh, rightly been questioned here recently about the different guys that they've, let's say, jerked around when they're moving them from position to position and things like that. So hopefully third base is his home. I want to see him get lots of time there this season. And if he is up, Let's make it August, late August, September, something like that. And then we're really circling 2024 for Noel V. Marte. Absolutely. Now, you know, Jeff, it wasn't just hitters that were added to the 40-man roster. Now, we got some of these pitchers right, you and I, when we were trying to shake all of this out earlier in the week. Uh, two of them were pretty much no-brainers. Both guys that spent this last season pitching at AAA Louisville. Uh, we'll start with the Reds' number six prospect in Brandon Williamson. You know, he was one of the guys that came over in those Mariners trades that we were looking to to possibly make an impact in 2022. It didn't quite happen. As a matter of fact, Williamson struggled at times. Uh, you know, just for, to recap, we talked about this earlier in the week, but he was six and seven with a 4.14 ERA and 27 starts, 122 and two two-thirds innings pitched, but he really struggled with the walk a lot of times. His strikeout mm -hmm. to walks ratio was off. He walked way more hitters than is, is acceptable from a starting pitcher, and it's something that he needs to get a, a handle on between now and the start of spring training because as the number six prospect, as probably the next man up, he has a legitimate shot at competing for that number five starting rotation spot. And I think that uh, the higher ups in the Reds organization, as well as the outsiders looking in, are looking at him to make a few strides before a good year in order to go out and compete and capture that spot. Yeah, I think Brandon Williamson is the top of the current group of people who could compete for a rotation spot. But Nick Crawl had an interesting quote about that. And we're going to look at a couple of other pitchers that the Reds added to the 40-man roster who will compete for that spot in the rotation. That's coming up here in just a moment. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online continues to be your number one source for all of your sports gambling and wagering whether you're talking about major league baseball there's plenty of futures out there steve and i don't know if you saw this or not but the reds are ten thousand to one odds to win the world series next year I think we might have mentioned that before the interesting part about that is there's three other teams that they're they're in that group with the group of ten thousand to one teams it's the reds it's the cubs it's the diamondbacks and it's the Royals. Where do you think that they fall in the hierarchy of the 10,000 to one group? I would rate that group as the Cubs. I agree. It's hard after that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Reds. Ooh, okay. Royals, Diamondbacks. And that's just based on the fact of who they have to play. Uh, within their division and compete against. So I think I would go that way. That's a fair assessment. I'll say this, the, the bet online 10,001 group is definitely led by the Cubs. And I firmly expect they're going to make a couple of moves this off season. They're going to move out of the 10,001 odds right now. So, you know, if you want to take a flyer, there, there was a famous, uh, you know, a, a very wise man uh, named Kevin Malone 
in the office that said, if you get 10,000 to one odds on anything, you take it. And you might want to throw a couple of bucks on the Cubs there. I don't know about the other three. I don't think the Royals are going to win the World Series. I, I, I actually think the Diamondbacks are the second best team in this group. I think that the Reds are the third best. The Royals are the fourth best. Although the Royals have made some changes, they could be an interesting mover this offseason. But overall, 10,000 to one, probably not the best of odds. As Bet Online has the Reds looking uh, way outside, which I don't think any of us uh, were surprised about. But you're telling when, me there's a chance. There's a chance. There's but a when chance. we're talking about odds and when we're talking about props and when we're talking about lines and, and different over unders, Bet Online is your number one place to go. BetOnline.net has you covered with all of that information for Major League Baseball, as well as the NFL, the NBA, NHL. You've got all of the college sports, boxing, MMA. Had a great UFC card this past weekend. Absolutely amazing. I still think Izzy Adesanya absolutely got hosed, but whatever. We're talking Reds baseball here, and we're talking Bet Online because Bet Online is the place to be when you're talking about sports wagering. Bet Online is where the game starts. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to take a look um, at the Arizona Fall League and a former Red who has made some dubious news. And we'll leave it at that because I want to get back to this, Steve. We are talking about uh, the roster moves that the Reds have made. We're looking at some guys that have been added. And really, the interesting thing for me is the pitching. We mentioned Brandon Williamson. He was added to the 40-man roster. Levi Stout was also added to the 40-man roster. And Nick Crawl said this, you know, looking at both of these guys, Nick Crawl said that they are both um, favorites in a group that for wide open rotation spots. Now, I don't know if that means they're not going to make a move for a fourth starter, which they should, and it should be Corey Kluber. But as it stands right now, there are two spots open. So it's, you know, he's talking about present tense, but I find it interesting that he's leaving that as, you know, like these are our main guys we're looking at. Because that, that gives me two questions. Obviously, the question about are they going to go out and get a fourth starter, but does this mean that we might even see more rookies than last year make their debut this year as the Reds really, actually, finally go all in on something and they go all in on a youth movement? I don't know if we can actually get more people to make their major league debut in 2023 <laughs> than did in 2022. But, but I will say this about these pitchers, Jeff, you know, I think that we are guilty uh, like a lot of people that watch this team every day are guilty of overlooking Levi stout and what mm -hmm. he did during the course of the season. Now, if you look at his numbers as a whole and what he did in 2022, it doesn't just blow your doors off. Uh, he had a 4.70 ERA and 25 starts, pitched 111 innings. Now, here's where it gets good. 103 strikeouts. We talked about this compared to only 32 walks issued. Has a very good strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, some of that was, uh, you know, his time pitching in Arkansas before he came over in the trade. Uh, he pitched one start for Chattanooga before moving up to Louisville. But when he got the Louisville he was very very good and I think that he was probably on the cusp of debuting in 2022 like one more starting pitcher injury and they may have considered <laughs> starting his clock and bringing you mean him they up. didn't have enough oh man 
you know, we were out of all of the Chase Andersons at that point. So it was going to be one of these guys <laughs> yes, we if if they had to bring up another starter. So, you know, for me, I think we overlooked him a little bit. I think he's probably further along than we gave him credit for. He's probably closer to being ready than we thought when we initially got him. And, you know, could could we see a four and a five be a rookie behind second year players at one, two and three? That's a really young rotation, but I think that it's possible. Uh, I agree with you. They really should go out and get somebody to be that number four starter. But listen, Williamson and and Stout both, you know, they're being added to the 40-man roster because the, the time is here, but they're highly ranked. Brandon Williamson is the number six prospect in the red system. Uh, Levi Stout as a number 24. He's in the top 25 for prospects. Right. So, you know, I think both of these guys are being looked at as, uh, contributors in 2023 at some point in time. Now they may not both make the rotation right out of Goodyear, but you know, we talked about this on yesterday's episode, Jeff injuries happen in the starting rotation and you need more than five guys. And you know, whichever one of these guys doesn't claim that fifth spot could be in that role of next man up. Yeah. I, I definitely believe that both of these guys will be significant performers for the Reds this season. Whether it's out of the rotation or not, I know there's been some question about Levi Stout and his longevity within games. Can he go more than five innings or is five innings kind of his cap? And then you have a different discussion. Is he more valuable as a reliever at that point? But that's something that we'll see down the road. I think that we will definitely see lots of both of these dudes. There's two other guys and two guys that we didn't necessarily talk about a whole lot whenever we were looking at players that the Reds could add to the 40-man roster, but both of them got very high praise from Nick Crawl when they were added. I'm looking at Leon Richardson, who is a right-handed starting pitcher, and then you've got Ricky Carker, who is a right-handed relief pitcher, a kind of guy that... Um, that actually got some high praise. Both of them got high praise from Nick crawl, but it, it's interesting to see that. I think that both of these guys will have some form. I think definitely Ricky Carker will have more impact than Richardson. will. yeah, let's start with him for just a minute in 52 okay. games, uh, exclusively in relief. He's a, he's a relief pitcher, 52 games, 3.65 ERA, 56.2 innings pitched 88 strikeouts, 40 base on balls. Now, Nick crawl said about him, that he was a no-brainer to add and that he was nearly called up in September of last year. Okay, I can make that make sense in my head about why we're adding him to the 40-man roster. I have a lot of questions surrounding Lion Richardson. Uh, now, I understand him being a number two draft pick in 2018. Uh, you know, he has a lot of talent, but he did not play in 2022. You know, he's coming off of a Tommy John surgery. He's coming off of an injury. For him to be taken in the rule five draft somebody would have had to put him on their active roster their 26 man roster and kept him there all season long right. i just i wonder if it was a stretch putting him on the 40 man roster uh, at this point in time you know me and I, I will fully admit that nick crawl probably has more information than we do jeff as far right. as how lion richardson looks but the, the that richardson move kind of confused me a little bit. I get why Ricky Carker was being added, but Lion Richardson's a different story. He made a, and Nick Crawl made an interesting quote about Lion Richardson. He said that he has a chance to be a legitimate big league pitcher. Now, granted, everybody has a chance to do a lot of things, but the fact that he felt the need to say this about Lion Richardson at this time leads me to believe 
And, and the fact that he followed up the announcement of all six by saying that all six of these guys, including Leon Richardson, will be in big league camp come February. The fact that he said that makes me wonder. And, and I think that it's definitely premature. And I'm not sure that I agree with it being like a thing, but could he be a dark horse? this spring hear me out on the dark horse part i'm not saying that he is going to be considered as a starting pitcher but could he pitch his way into that could he have a camp i know that he hasn't pitched above high a but i, I just that's look at just this what i say, was going to say he's only a yeah. pitch as high as dayton jeff i just can't imagine a world where he jumps from dayton coming off of tommy john and is pitching in cincinnati i just i have a hard time wrapping my head around it and even acknowledging that the Reds front office has a better track and insight on what's going on with these players. I just don't know that it was necessary to, yeah. to add him to the 40 man roster this quickly. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I do kind of agree with that. Apparently the talent was there in his second round pick and, and they loved what they saw from him in 2019 as well. But I'm kind of with you. I think that the reason, and we're going to get into some guys that the Reds cut because of injuries and because of not thinking that people would take chances on them because of those injuries. I think I might agree with you too, that it find I find that to be hard to believe that another team would have taken a chance on him being on their roster all year long after having not pitched it all last year and not pitched above high A. Well, listen, Jeff, before today got underway, the Reds 40 man roster was already at 40. So in order for the Reds to add six guys to the 40 man roster today, it unfortunately meant that six dudes had to go. Some of them good, some of them not. Some of them we were right about, most of them we were right about. We're going to get into all of that coming up right after this. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. If this is your first time watching us here, thank you so much. Make sure you click the subscribe and the bell because when we go live, when we post new episodes, you will get the notifications so you don't miss out. We're trying to do live shows every Aloha Friday, uh, taking your questions and comments, putting you in the driver's seat. It is so much fun. And in between shows, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's with two F's because it's spelled correctly. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's because spelling's always been hard for him. And you can also follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff, six guys had to go in order for six guys to be protected. And there weren't a lot of surprises here, but there were a couple of guys that, I didn't necessarily think the Reds front office would have the intestinal fortitude, we shall say, <laughs> to make these well, moves on. And we're going to start we're going to start with your man out in right field, your favorite cannon arm, Aristides Aquino. Now, I want to be right up front about this, Jeff, just because Aristides Aquino was removed from the Reds 40 man roster. It does not mean he is not going to be playing for the Reds next year. This is now the third time that the Reds have exposed him to being taken by another team. And in the two previous occasions, nobody has taken a flyer because unlike the Reds, I think the rest of major league baseball knows exactly who this guy is. But Steve, since the last time he was put on waivers, I'm sure he progressed, right? 
he did not, sir. Uh, listen, his <laughs> his slash line in 2022 was 197, 246, 363. That's 259 at-bats. That gives him a strikeout percentage in those at-bats, Jeff, 36.8% K rate. That's the exact same K rate as he had the year before. He actually progressed none at all. But... <laughs> Here's his my defense, thing with Aristides. No, his defense progressed. That yes. cannon arm really became a thing. But I don't think that his defense makes up for his utter lack of being able to hit a baseball when it matters. Well, the next guy to be a glove first right fielder will be the first guy. I don't think I've ever heard of a glove first right fielder. Like you, you've got to be a contributor to a lineup. Mm-hmm. And and let me say this about Aristides Aquino. I love Aristides Aquino. And, and the different things that he did and the, and the big moments that he provided for the Reds, those are fantastic. Here's the problem. That was like five big moments, like every two months. The rest of the time, he's striking out. And, and you see it from those numbers. I, I, I love Aristides Aquino, but I think that it's time for a change of scenery. And I think maybe even he agrees with that because – you know, maybe he's going to elect free agency if he makes it through waivers because I can't imagine he goes back to Louisville again. He got 259 at-bats last year. That is the most, and I really hope I, I, I'm right about this, the most that he should ever get in one year for the Cincinnati Reds moving forward. So if, if he gets a chance to get that many at-bats, it's probably going to be for another team. And so I think that he should probably accept free agency from all this. I want to see him succeed because he seems like an awesome dude. He is a Steelers fan, which is whatever, but he seems like an awesome dude outside of that. And he was so easy to root for. There is so much fun rooting for him. But at the end of the day, when you cannot produce at a consistent level, you do not belong on a major league roster. I mean, these are the best of the best of the best. We're not talking about pretty good dudes. We need good dudes and if the reds are going to get back to the playoffs it's not going to be with aristides aquino yeah i've seen enough i i'm i'm ready for i'm ready for him to go get a change of scenery and i and i wish him well uh our good buddy ethan over at locked on pirates uh sent us a message earlier that said uh i see that future pirates hall of famer aristides aquino has been exposed to the waiver wire so (laughs) you know yeah go play for pittsburgh see if you can do it up over there at pnc uh, I, I he, wish he'll him do that and he'll luck, become a Reds killer. That's definitely yeah, going to happen. Probably so. But listen, <laughs> he's not the only guy that the Reds cut that, you know, has performed at the major league level. Uh, they let go of a pitcher. You and I called this uh, yep. Jeff Hoffman coming off of an injury, missed the second half of the 2022 season uh, with elbow inflammation, Jeff. And, you know, we talked about this uh, earlier in the week. Jeff Hoffman before that injury in 2022 was pitching very well out of the bullpen. He was quite effective. In fact, he is my candidate for uh, being cut from the 40 man roster, but then offered an invite to spring training with a uh, incentive laden. Uh, if you make it deal uh, to be in this bullpen in 2023. And I would be fine with that. Uh, but no surprise for me, the reds uh, did cut Jeff Hoffman today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, adverse to a minor league invite or a minor league deal with an invite to spring training and all that other stuff. Um, the more I read about his injury, the more that I got concerned because they said that, you know, after having been on the injured list for a couple of weeks, they did a bullpen session in the middle of August and his elbow ballooned to the point that he could not straighten his arm. 
Now they said that he avoided Tommy John an MRI revealed he didn't need Tommy John surgery, but that is the kind of injury that like, that sounds rather odd. And I don't know that you should be gambling a whole lot with that. So I understand why he was cut off from the 40 man roster. There was another guy that was cut off from the 40 man roster due to injury. And as much as I hate to say it, this one makes a lot of sense. Uh, Art Warren, he had an injury-related season last year. When he was healthy, he wasn't very good. And at the end of the season, it was confirmed that he needed Tommy John, or he needed uh, a surgery on his elbow. I almost said Tommy John. It was a surgery on his yeah, elbow. Yeah, it's a, but different, it a different kind of elbow surgery, but yeah. still an elbow surgery. He got not Tommy John, and he's going to miss all next year. I don't know why that's different from Tommy John. It's probably well, I think just Tommy John. They, they Tommy do. John. They actually replace a ligament. They actually okay. have to do some okay. ligament building. So this must be, you know, it could be a reattachment. There, a lot of different things going on with his UCL, but uh, it wasn't ever actually reported exactly what they needed to go in and do, as far as I could tell. So yeah. uh, whatever it is is extensive because it's going to cause him to miss an additional season in 2023. So this was a no-brainer as far as freeing up a spot on the 40-man roster, as far as I'm concerned. And, and really, and, and that's kind of why I said whenever I looked at the cuts that, you know, it was kind of like a surprise in Aristides Aquino because I couldn't believe that they actually finally admitted that they needed to cut him. And then the rest of the guys kind of made sense, whether for injury mm -hmm. or just because. I mean, say what you will about Derek Law. The the performance that he got from the, for the Reds was fine. He was the only one of this group where I was like, mm, I could have seen them going the other way. Maybe I could have seen that, but yeah. Jared Solomon. No, no. He, he made no brainer. Kyle yeah. Dowdy. Yeah, no. no, he can because, go, but here's the thing too. Like I, I understand that you could kind of see Derek law stain, but Derek law profiles as every man reliever, like what relief pitcher doesn't have what he has. And mm -hmm. same with Jared Solomon and Kyle Dowdy. Like we saw them for a very little, like very few appearances for a reason, because the Reds have these young guys that, you know, if they don't pan out as starting pitchers, they'll probably fit nicely into the bullpen. So you don't need these guys who you already know aren't very good. Like they're fine, but they're not very good. So move on from them and bring up some young guys and see what they got. And it's important to just note one more time that it doesn't necessarily mean all of these players are going to be gone. Uh, mm -hmm. They could pass through waivers and they could all find their way to spring training invites or being, you know, filler on Louisville's roster uh, to keep around in case injuries strike somewhere in the 2023 season. It doesn't necessarily mean they're all gone. They're just no longer on the 40 man roster. It is very true. And I'm very interested to see how the Reds replace Aquino on the roster because I think that means that they are maybe looking at some outfielders or or maybe moving Jonathan India to the outfield this year. <gasps> Could be. Could be. Uh, but that's where we are going to end today's podcast. Thank you, everyone, for uh, watching, for listening to today's Locked on Reds podcast. If this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting feed. Or if you're watching right here on YouTube for the first time, thank you. And make sure you hit the follow button and hit that bell to get notified whenever we have new content. As the Reds make move throughout the offseason, we'll try and do, you know, quick emergency podcasts to recap the move and things like that. Plus, like Steve said, 
Aloha Friday when we go live and you get the chance to drive the show with questions and comments in the comments section right here on YouTube. But that's going to do it for us here today. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, we will recap the Arizona Fall League and we'll take a look at a former Red who's making some dubious news. But that's going to do it for us. Make sure you make Locked On Sports Today your next listen or your next watch as Locked On Sports Today has you covered every single day with the biggest news and recaps in all of sports, and they do it in under 22 minutes. Locked On Sports Today is just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, we have passed the Rule 5 Protection Day in which the Reds are going to make some cuts. The next thing we've got to look forward to is who's going to be here come arbitration time and are the Reds going to make any signings? With all of those in mind, what can people expect from us? They can expect me to shout from the rooftops that Aleo Lopez is still a member of the Cincinnati Reds. They can also expect you and I to be dialed in on the transactions, on the moves, on the rumors, and keep you all informed of what is happening because we will keep you locked on Reds every single day.